welcome to In Progress, a podcast to help you grow and learn how to become a better version of yourself. Now, here's your host, Michael Cerigliano. Welcome, everybody, to In Progress. I'm your host, Michael Cerigliano, with special guest and NFT investor, Rocco Santillo. How you doing, Rocco? Good. How are you? How you doing? Doing fantastic. So, um, we've been talking for a little bit about nfts you you know you know more about nfts than me you because i don't i don't know anything so it's not hard um right um so i want to start with uh because you were in stocks like you you initially were into stocks and trading stocks and all of that you got me to buy a couple stocks one of the stocks that you told me to buy is actually doing pretty well it was the uh what was it lucid um oh yeah yeah. So that one's been pretty good. So you, you, uh, you didn't steer me wrong there. Uh, what got you in, what got you into stocks initially? So I'd say, um, the first time I really caught my interest was about two years ago when I was a sophomore and one of my buddies, it was during the start of COVID and he was just telling me about how everything was down and like, it, it wasn't feasible for it all to stay that way. So I was interested, but I had no idea how that worked. So initially I just brushed it off. I was like, ah, whatever. And then I started seeing more and more people just making all this money from it. And I was like, wow, this is something really interesting. And like, you can see such a future with it. So I finally started listening to some prod, uh, podcasts. Um, one of them was by Jim Cramer. Mm. And then uh, I probably, I researched for about a month before I bought my first stock. Cause I didn't want to just FOMO into anything or cause a lot of people make the mistake. They see stuff going up and that's when they buy, but that's just the wrong decision to go by. Right. So what, uh, <laughs> What was the first stock that you bought? The first stock I bought. I'm pretty sure the first stock I bought was, it might have been Lucid actually, or at the time it was CCIV. So it started at right, CCIV, yeah. which is electrical car company. And um, I had it for a very long time before it became Lucid because it, it just became Lucid not too long ago, really. And, uh, but yeah, that was my first one. And, um, I honestly didn't do too much research about that one. I saw it and I was, again, I was getting antsy. So I bought it. No harm done. It was a cheap one, probably like $13 when I bought it. Mm-hmm. Probably bought like five of them, just easy. Okay. Then I bought like some blue chips like Apple and, uh, yeah. So I started, off, yeah, I started with CCIV. Okay. Um, now with, the with stocks and all that shit, You've, uh, I mean, I know at least with Antonio, um, you've been his like go-to. So do you like do research into the shit or do you just like have some type of intuition where it's like, nah, this is going to be good. This one's going to do shitty. Like, how do you go about buying and selling and all that shit? Nah, no, no intuition. Unfortunately, I wish, uh, maybe sometimes once you kind of get to the cycle of doing it a lot, so you can kind of feel out like okay, this one's going down, but you look at the company, you look at the owner and you have to really trust in that when it's going down. Like, again, you want to buy things that are good when they're going down, obviously. But yeah, uh, I did a lot of research. I would, when I get excited about something, I just tend to literally just go full into it. So I was just listening to podcasts all day, reading about whatever stocks I was in, reading about what their future plans were, who they would merge with, which is a big thing with me and CCIV is, um, they were talking about that lucid merger for a very long time. So I was just weighing on that. And uh, yeah, I definitely did a lot more research than intuition. That's for sure. Yeah. I kind of, I kind of feel like that's the way you got to do it. Um, just cause oh, stocks yeah. are like, 
I know there's a lot of people saying like with stocks, you could like look at what like what millionaires and billionaires are investing into and you can kind of mimic that. Did you do any of that or not? No, I did hear that too. Um, I, I saw there was a website that you could look at literally the stocks that they were buying and everything. But um, no, I never really did much of that. I maybe looked at like, like with some of the pockets I was going to do, they would mention a few stocks and I would research them and then see like if they were right for me. Cause those guys, they got millions to burn. So it's really easy to make money when you have the money and it's different when you are starting with a thousand versus a million. So, I mean, I can't really invest in the same stuff that they were. Right. So still definitely uh, it would guide you in the right direction, I would say, but you can't just buy the same stuff they're doing and look for the same gains that they'll get because their life-changing gains are way different than your life-changing gains. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. So did you, uh, real quick, did you invest in Doge when it was, uh, flying? No, I, uh, I was really, I lagged. No, I lagged on crypto crypto really bad. Um, uh, I was one of those people that really was like, especially with Doge, I was like, oh, that's dumb. I'm not going to do that. But uh, you can't really think like that. It doesn't matter what's dumb as long as you're making money. But no, I, I didn't invest in Doge at all. And I watched a lot of people make money when I could have too. Yeah. So going going with the uh, that's really dumb mentality, uh, that <laughs> brings us to the reason you're, you're fucking here. NFTs. You're right. <laughs> I see yes, NFTs. I think NFTs are the most ignorant fucking thing i i don't see how they are i don't see how they're big i don't see how there's any money in it i it literally looks like some dude just went into like paint and created some shit right. and they're going to like copy and paste it right yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. so 100 what what is an nft all right so um nft the it's an acronym it stands for non-fungible token mm-hmm. and fungible the word it means replaceable and so they're literally non-replaceable tokens. So they're basically um, a group of digital coding that make up a picture. They could be in the form of pictures, videos, uh, as we've been seeing a lot recently. Land uh, has been really big, and um, it's you said all land. Yeah, land. Uh, we yeah, land is actually probably the biggest thing selling right now, which we can get into that more when we uh, start talking about the metaverse and such, but. So that can be one of those. And it's all recorded on something called the blockchain. You know what that is at all? Yeah. yeah so the blockchain basically is digital receipt that says, um, okay, you have this much amount of ETH, Solana, Matic, whatever. And then you can buy this and then they, it goes together, transfers. And it's like, yep, you can do that. Transfers. Good. And the cool thing about the whole blockchain is everybody's wallet is all public. So It'll like everyone in the world, every wallet is public and you will see on the blockchain who's buying what and when. But the thing is, obviously, you won't see who it is. It just says a wallet address. And if you know the wallet, if you know what it looks like, a wallet address is just a ton of letters and numbers. So, I mean, you don't know who it is, but every wallet is public. Okay. And so you could see purchases being made, sales being made, all it's all yes, out there for everyone the time. to see. Yep. And you can look up. Um, like these wall addresses, which they're, they call them wells, which are just these addresses that spend like tons of ETH. And then you just, um, you could see what they're buying and when they're buying it, especially with NFTs. You can see what NFTs they're getting into, what kind, what ones they're selling out of all the time, which kind of goes along the same thing when what we were talking about with stocks is how you can see their public uh, records, not always public, but so, but it's like the same way you can't really do the same thing they're doing because you don't have the capital that they got. 
Right, exactly. You don't got millions to just drop on a fucking one stock. JPEG, right? Exactly. <laughs> um, so what so what is the relevance? What's the importance of NFTs? Because they're blowing up right now, and I just don't I can't comprehend why the fuck they're as big as they are. Right. So a big thing that I like to say with NFTs, because a lot of people are like literally have the same mindset. They're like, why am I going to pay $20,000 for a picture? Right. Right. Or whatever, a video, just um, anything like that. So I think a big thing with seeing why these are so important is believing in the vision of how the entire society, everything is going completely digital. Like you have to believe in this vision that everything's going to go digital, which I completely a hundred percent believe in. I think it's all going that way. Right. And you have to believe in like the future of the metaverse and like it's place there. So a lot of these NFTs, people don't really know much. They don't really look into it much. They just see the picture. Right. But they have like real world utility behind them. So like you'll, you can become a part of a very exclusive club by owning one of these or I know like they could be important in the way that they, you can bring these with you into the metaverse. So there'll be people that are rich in the real, real world, but they won't be rich in the metaverse because they don't have these digital assets that they would have had if they bought them with their time now. Mm. So the met, the metaverse, like, is that, so is that essentially going to be like the, just the new society? Uh, yeah, I mean, you could kind of look at it like that. It's, um, basically just a, basically just like a digital life. Like that's not saying that everyone's going to be having a chip in their brain and they're going to be thrown into this digital life, but it's going to be just like, you're just thrown into another, like you can go there. Like you can, it can be in the form of like, it's, you've already seen metaverses. Metaverses are GTA. You can see metaverses in Minecraft. They're just very low, like minded metaverses right now where, you can only control them and you're not really submerged completely in. Uh But in the future, obviously the way that we see technology advancing and you've seen all these big companies getting into the metaverse NFTs like Nike. I don't know if you saw this, but Nike just made a humongous move for NFTs yesterday. They bought um, RTFRK, if I'm correct, which is an NFT company. And they just went together with that. So that was a big one. And Adidas combined with Board Ape Yacht Club. If you really? know Board Ape Yacht Club. I, yes. I actually do know that name. Yeah, that those are the ones that you see um, OBJ, uh, a bunch of influencers use as their profile pictures, like Shaq, a, bunch, a little baby, DJ mm-hmm. Khaled just bought one. So yeah, those are like the, and then like obviously the old uh, big profile picture NFTs, because there's different uh, variety, like genres of NFT, like there's a profile picture ones and then photography, land, all those. But uh first big pro- profile picture NFT was the CryptoPunk. And that's like the ones that you see now going for hundreds of thousands of dollars every day. Cheap as you can get is hundreds of thousands of dollars. So why, why do they go for so much? I don't, I just can't wrap my brain around why. Right. So there's a lot of different reasons I would say and why they go for as much as they do. And a good way that I saw it explained really is, um, for just like a face value, this isn't like the entire reason why they go for so much, but uh, you think about art and people having this art in their house that they pay so much for, like these paintings or anything like that, this physical art. But uh, how many people, if you're, let's just use 
Shaquille O'Neal is an example. If you're Shaquille O'Neal, you buy this painting, you put it in your house. How many people can you show off this painting to? No, no one can come and see it. But right. versus getting a board ape yacht club, you put your profile picture, verify it's you by using your blockchain account or wall address, and everyone knows it. So it's I think a big thing now is becoming status, and a lot of people. It's you know how society is. Society loves to show off what they have for status. So right, absolutely. What better way than spending hundred thousand dollars on something that other people can't have, and it's the only one out there. It's one of one. You can't get another one, which is non fungible, so can't be replaced, and you have the only one. Okay, so that may, that makes sense. Um, but I want to tie it back into you now because you texted me today talking right. about how you had three NFTs. Was it? Yes. All right. So what is your reason for buying it? Was it to flip or was it to make it your profile picture like OBJ? Um, mine is mine is actually neither, I would say, right now. Um, it's not one that's established enough. Like maybe I could use it in my profile picture, sure, and other people couldn't. But it's not established enough where it'd be like, oh, my God, that he's got that Cyclops monkey, what it's called. But uh, I want to hold it. And um, because I believe in the project, I believe in the community. So I believe that if I hold it, that it's going to appreciate a lot. And Mm -hmm. like I was telling you earlier when we were texting, uh, the art hasn't even been individually released yet for each owner. So I have three NFTs that are just black screens right now because the art hasn't been revealed yet. Mm -hmm. So it could be um, super rare or just common. But depending on how many people hold them and, of course, how rare it is, that's how much it'll go up. But even for me, I mean, I minted, which is, okay, so minting, If you, do you know what minting is? Mint, no. I'll explain it anyway, just for the audience. Anyway, minting is basically getting the digital asset, NFT, at the cheapest possible price. Mm-hmm. So they'll put a, a lot of them do a pre-sale and a public sale. And usually the pre-sale, public sale will be a day or two like a, a day or two discrepancy. Right. And uh, a lot of them do something called a whitelist where you have to do certain tasks in a disco- discord to get on a whitelist so you can mint at the cheapest price. Mm-hmm. And that is, that's used for a number of reasons. Um, one to like establish community and like strong, like people who will hold the NFT. Also uh, gas prices are just are rampant, especially on uh, over or open sea. You which is um, gas prices. Yes, gas prices. So gas prices are right. So it's not it's not like uh the gas you put in your car, not not that kind okay. of gas, but okay. it's um gas prices are it's basically a transaction fee. So um you're essentially paying to get your transaction to go through before someone else's. And when a lot of people are trying to um go at the same time, transact at the same exact time, gas prices skyrocket. So a big problem with Ethereum and OpenSea as a whole and like the entire NFC space up until now, because they're finally making exchanges where you um, can use Solana and other things that don't require gas fees, yeah. is that the gas fees will become so high that you're paying $500 for an NFT, but you're also paying $500 just to literally like make the transaction. So you're paying $1,000 just for one NFT. So it's been really, so that's why they have two different days. So it's uh, it kind of eliminates that huge, like, um, how do I want to say? Just like a bunch of, imagine a bunch of people trying to go through one door at the same time. Basically, that's like it tries to eliminate that by you utilizing different crypto 
currencies. No, it just by like changing up the pace. So like if a bunch of people are trying to um, pay for one NFT at the same time, then the transaction fee goes up. So you can beat them up by paying $500 when the ga- the average gas fee is like 300. Okay. But then you're spending $500, which is obviously not ideal when you're trying to, they can be as low as $20, but they can get up to, like it's been seen. They've got, uh, I've seen gas prices at $10,000. Getting 10, ridiculous. So. Yeah, they they get very high, especially for like highly touted NFTs, like ones that are just like very weighted for like uh, I don't know because I didn't invest in Gary V's, but uh, it was called V Friends, and I'm sure those gas prices were just ridiculous. Oh yeah, I've I've seen that going on for. Uh, he's been talking about that for a long time, actually. Um, yeah, those are those are funny. If you <laughs> you want to talk about pictures you don't understand why they go for so much you just look at those those are just yeah. it's literally his doodles that's what he uh yeah did, but you, you know. i saw when he was starting to do it like before before nfts were even big he was talking about v friends and he was posting it on his instagram and shit and i'm just like right. what does he do is he gonna make stuff dancing <laughs> and then i saw he was right. doing nfts with it and i'm like people pay for this yeah so um i didn't really talk about it as much as i as i should have but um Along with the status thing with why they're going for so much is like this utility, which I mentioned for a second, but you'll see like the greatest utility behind things that look like little doodles, which they are at a base value, but you pay for um, the owner, which is Gary Vee. So obviously he's already established uh, a, a ton. And then you get this utility behind them, which can give you access to future NFTs that he makes. And so you don't have to put in any work. You get it for free, just right in your wallet. Or you can be invited to, like his, he, he invites, he uses his NFTs as tickets. So those who hold his NFT can go and see him talk for free just by holding that. Um, exclusive oh. parties, business meetings, like that's what a lot of these NFTs have. So those will serve the purpose where you can attend these very exclusive events. Okay. So from my understanding of what NFTs are so far, they're basically right. a they're essentially a fashion statement for the most part. And yeah, like can, instead yeah. of instead of shoes, you got a picture, right? So like instead of like some like a pair of Air Forces from Virgil, you got an NFT from Gary. Um, and then you can also the creator of the NFTs can then utilize and leverage the NFT to be like, not only do you have this NFT I made and you just got it but you also can now attend my events and all of this shit too. So there's incentive behind owning NFTs by certain creators. Right. Which I would say is the much like more like read, like that's why the they're bought more than the fashion statement part. The fashion statement, I, uh, that's more for like very famous influencers, like, like little baby who aren't really, um, in the community, but like they want to show off the status that they have right. But like most of these like big, big NFTs, like, a lot of it is the utility behind and the community that you'll get from it. And like networking, you'll see all these people that you wouldn't be able to see before, or like there's some that airdrop like different um, tokens or money to you every month. Like there's a lot that like you can use as passive income and you can get that every month. Really? Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of different, there's a, there's a ton of different utility that a lot of entities use. So the ones that you bought, yeah. what is the, what what is the like reason you bought it 
Like, what is there any incentives or anything like that? Or is it literally you're going to hold them in hopes that they're going to just like appreciate like a motherfucker? Right. There's that. There's I believe in it becoming a blue chip NFT because I mean, who knows if it will, but I, I wouldn't invest in something I don't believe in as well as um, there's not there like there is it's called a roadmap, which I'll get into later. But a roadmap is essentially like the future of the NFT and what they plan to do. Okay. And um, there was they had it's just basically the same thing. Like you'll be invited to exclusive parties, like the first um, meetup as a team, like exclusive group chat, like just things like that with different uh, business creators. And there's a Tesla giveaway as well as, um, so there's 10 um, special NFTs that um, are all randomized who gets them. Mm. And each one of those, if you happen to get them, you'll get, ten thousand dollars in ethereum as well as the nft which will be able to be resold for a bunch just because it's there's 10 of them out of six thousand six hundred and sixty six right now and then there's a legendary one which you get two hundred thousand dollars in ethereum as well as having like the most insane one of the uh bunch so there's a bunch of different reasons behind it but like of course the main reason that i bought these is because it was so publicized and it was posted by all these humongous pages. And I looked at it. I liked the roadmap. Uh, I joined the discord. The community seemed solid. And of course I minted it at 0.049 ETH, which was about $200 when I did it. And even now it's been up to 0.2 ETH, which is probably about eight, $900 before even revealing. Really? But right now it's sitting at about, 0.165 I'd say so probably it's still like 650 so I mean I have three of them I've made without even seeing what I have like $1,300 profit if I liquidate it so it could, there's always the the thing that could happen is that they reveal the art the it just flops for some reason and uh, it goes down and I don't make any profit but again that's the risk you take with it NFTs are definitely probably one of the riskiest things you can put your money into right now especially after two months ago when everything was going off. So now it's pretty saturated, but it's still one of those things that not many people know about it. And like everybody says in the space, it's still basically day zero for this kind of uh, stream of income. Oh, absolutely. I mean, like I said at the beginning, I, I've heard of NFTs. I know a few people who really fuck with NFTs, you being one of them. And that's it. Like I know, I think I know two maybe three people who really fuck with NFTs, you're one of them. And right. it's like my circle of people that I associate with is pretty large. And there's only like three people I know who actually are in the NFT game. So like nobody's in it. It's not like stocks where it's like everyone just download Robin right. to go. It's like, you have to actually go through the process of being able to do it. Now you said that the community that your NFT, like the, community for your nft is solid what relevance does the community have to your nft like why is that an important thing to look for when you're looking for nfts so i'm glad you said that because the community is arguably one of the most important things if not the most important thing about these nfts honestly like you can have great creators you can have great art you can have great everything but if the community is not solid the community is toxic it the, the project will not go anywhere it'll flop it doesn't matter because if you have just a bunch of people that want to buy this nft and flip it right away it's gonna it's gonna just it's gonna be shit there's gonna be a bunch of very low um 
profit flips going on. There's no holding. Like the biggest thing for NFTs, which makes them appreciate value is people holding it and people not being able to get it. So like if my whole community holds this NFT and you want it, you can't get it because we're holding it and we're not listing it. And that makes the floor price go up because if we list it, because the community picks the floor price basically. So if you got a whole, say you have 5,000 people in a community, this is very, this is extremely rare if it even ever happened, but so you have 5,000 people in a community and there's 5,000 NFTs. Everybody has one mm-hmm. and everybody lists it at five ETH and nobody, um, nobody puts it under that. Everybody puts it at five ETH. The floor price is five ETH. And the only time you can get it is if you get on there and buy it for five ETH, and that's it. No one else can get it any other way. It's impossible. That's it. So that's why the community is so important. Cause if you have just a good, strong community that all believes in the idea of a blue chip NFT, mm-hmm. which you know, yeah, then like it's it's very rare that it won't get there like it'll just keep appreciating based on who lists what and uh some people don't list them at all some people just hold them in hopes that until it gets get, more, like gets higher yeah and in hopes that it gets higher or until they feel that the price is where they want it at like that's how these that's how these nfts that you see go for so much happen that's it's all community and, i mean obviously there's utility behind it that makes the community want to be a community but at the end of the day, if the community doesn't want to hold it, the utility behind it doesn't really matter. So, um, going back to um, what is it, Board Ape Yacht Club? Yeah. So going back to that is the because those go for a shit ton of money, right? Oh yeah, yeah. So is that because the community makes that happen, or is that because the Board Ape Board Ape Yacht Club itself, the NFTs, are just so at this point, mainstream famous that regardless of what the community does, those NFTs are going to go for shit to them. Yeah. I mean, I think they're at a point where um, maybe it doesn't, it's yeah. They're at a point where it doesn't matter. Like unless like for some reason, the community was anti board API club and just listed them all for whatever. And the whole world hated them. That's like the only way they could go down. Like they're way too mainstream. They're way too big. No matter what somebody's going to, Someone, if someone wanted to spite board a Yacht Club for some reason, put it up for 0.08 ETH, whatever, like $300. Yeah, you're not going to spite board a Yacht Club. Someone's going to swipe it up and put it up for fucking 20 ETH anyway. So right, you're not exactly. spiting them. They're too big. It's like, it's kind of like, I guess uh, this is a really bad comparison, but like looking at Apple, you got, imagine a worker at Apple is just like, fuck you, Apple, and quits. What's going to happen? Someone else is going to get hired. They don't give a shit about you. Right. They don't exactly. care. Yeah, and they're too they're too big to be affected by one person being an asshole. Right. Yeah, it it would take a lot, and it would take something really bad for them. Like they would have to do something real bad. Which I actually do have an example of a project. If you want to hear about that, yeah. Um, there was a project called Jungle Freaks by Trossley NFT, mm. and it was this. Uh, I actually really liked the art. It was really cool art, and um, they were they were going up. They were sliding up the rankings. They were. I think they were at a floor price of like either one ETH or two ETH, which is like $7,000, $8,000. And the artist, his name was Trossley. He's an old man. He's very old. And a bunch of stuff came out about him being super racist. So he was drawing cartoons, like KKK cartoons and stuff. And they found those. As NFTs or beforehand? No, before. Just like, uh, I think it was like newspaper stuff, like cartoons, like oh, just like really. back in the day. Really, oh, yeah. Like real offensive. Like it was, it must have been when he was like a teenager, which obviously the time, but, uh, like 
some bad stuff. So it all came out and then it just shot down. It fell to the ground. I mean, right now they're at like 0.3 ETH, which is still a good amount. It's like 1500 or something, maybe even more, but mm. uh, they, they could have been a very big blue chip NFT if something like that. So like that, it had to be something super detrimental and probably even worse than that for board API club to fail at this point. Damn. That's crazy. So literally the community almost exclusively dictates the price of the NFTs. Yeah. Especially when they're first coming out. Like so, mine, which is why there's been some issues with mine actually lately, which happened just right before I got on the podcast, because uh, like I told you earlier, the art was supposed to be released and it wasn't. So now some people are getting a little, it's called FUD, which it's like a term around NFT space, which is a fear, uncertainty and doubt. Mm-hmm. And when you see like just a bunch of people like, like hysteria and freaking out, like what's going on, what's this, like that was happening a little bit with mine. So I saw my floor price drop a little bit, but uh, again, I still feel like the community is strong enough and uh, I think we'll be all right. Hope so. Damn. You don't want that to happen. Yeah. 